Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion Email Edition for October 9th, almost forgot the date, 2007. I'm your host, Pete Werner, and we're going to uh, read some of the uh, emails that we've uh, received this week. Now, if you would, uh, if you have a question or a comment on the show that you'd like us to read on the air, all you need to do is send an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or you can give us a call toll-free, 1-877-310-9662. And if we play your voicemail or read your email on the show, you'll be in the running to win one of our prizes at the end of the month, and we'll also send you a Diz Unplugged t-shirt. Just be sure, if you're going to call in, um, be sure to leave your email address or your contact information so that uh, we can get in touch with you. So with that out of the way, we're going to get started. We have some, uh, we have quite a few emails, I think, this week, because we didn't do a show, an email show last week. So uh, who would like to uh, start off? I'll go first. All right, Kevin. Hi, Anthony. The first one is from Shannon Wells in Cincinnati, Ohio. And she says, hi, I just found the show last weekend, and I'm addicted already. Uh, just had to travel for business last week and kept myself company at dinner all week by listening to the podcast. I'm sure I got a lot of funny looks because I was often laughing out loud. We hear that a lot. <laughs> She's traveling to Disney in the beginning of November with her mother and sister-in-law for a four-night cruise on the Wonder, lucky her, and some days at Disney World. She's staying at the Yacht Club, the first uh, time she's ever been to Disney without kids. And they're uh, doing World Showcase, and neither my mother or sister-in-law have been to the World Showcase. Her mother has some mobility issues. She doesn't need a wheelchair, but she does have some endurance problems. Did we have any recommendations for the best way to do World Showcase? Uh, we will be heading over for dinner on Friday night at the restaurant Marrakesh, and she's looking for a way for her mom to get around. In my opinion, the best way is to rent a uh, electric vehicle at the be- at the entrance to the park. Yeah, exactly. There's also an entrance if you're walking over from the yacht club. You can do this at the international gateway entrance. I'm not suggesting that she needs a wheelchair. I'm not suggesting that she couldn't make it all around. World Showcase is big. Also, World Showcase is not a direct line walk. You're not just walking around World Showcase. I forget what it is, but it's a lengthy walk. I don't know in distance how far it is. I'm sure someone will tell me, but. I think she might be the happiest on one of those uh, electric wheelchairs. Now, the ones that are rented by Disney World have a governor on them. They only can go a certain speed. Yeah. They're not one of the. They're not Bob's card, in other words. <laughs> they actually, and you actually, you have to be sitting on them to make them work. You, they will, they won't move for anybody not sitting on them. You have to have the pressure on them to make them move. I believe it's thirty-five dollars a day to rent one. I could be wrong it's, on that. Between 30 and 35, I know. Okay. Uh, but it's definitely going to make her enjoyment of World Showcase much, much better. And that's my opinion. Does everybody agree with me? Yeah, I agree. You yeah. also have a place to keep all your stuff. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Anybody with endurance issues? Now, if she there's a place to park outside of Restaurant Marrakesh if she wants to get off and go see the new Canada movie or the updated American Adventure. There are places to park outside, so she doesn't have to take the vehicle into these attractions or restaurants. You don't have to be like Bob, in other words. Right. right. Take it into the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. But as far as endurance issues, I really believe that's the best way to do that. Sometimes, she, I'm sorry, sometimes with... Uh, people who uh, who have these problems and are not used to riding in any kind of vehicle they they tend to resist you 
I don't need it, I don't need it, I don't need it. Try to just convince her that it's really not just for her. It's for you guys as well. I'm going to be honest. There's been times when I've been back at American Adventure and have to walk about past Spaceship Earth, and I think, I wish I had a cart. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But my dad put up a lot of resistance, and finally, once we got him to ride in one, he said, oh, this is great. Not only because he wasn't tired and his leg didn't hurt, but he said, I didn't feel like I was holding you guys up and having to stop and wait for me. So, so try to give her that little push to do it. I would also suggest that if she's not used to riding in one of these vehicles, if you rent it out by Spaceship Earth or at the International Gateway, there are places right around there where she can practice. Yeah. Yeah. Get her... Um, Get her wheels, her, legs. Legs. her bike legs, right? <laughs> Give her a chance to practice what until she, before she gets into the crowds. Uh, that can be an epicot. Yeah, the, the only if there's a, a large crowd, it, it's a learning experience to to get around. Have her watch a couple of the cot cam things, right? That'll give her an idea of how to how it is. I mean, One Star Wars and. Sp- fast speed one other thing is shannon talks about staying to see illuminations your mom's really going to appreciate a place to sit while you're waiting for illuminations to start the available seating around world showcase with views of where you will be able to see illuminations they they fill up pretty quickly so if she has a place to sit it's going to add definitely to her enjoyment of watching illuminations so there's are there are special spots in world showcase where someone in a cart can park so that nobody can stand in front of them i would suggest looking asking a cast member where those are I found a great spot over in Norway, right across from the Norway. You have fans already who are amazed that you got that video. It's like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> that video. Was that the Illuminations video? Yeah, people mm-hmm. were amazed. How did you do this? How did you do this? So, and Bob said they wanted to know where he filmed it. I can imagine that if we go to Illuminations tonight, there's a whole clump of little people trying to get the Bob view. <laughs> yeah. So that was amazing, that video. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Corey. I have an email from Kristen Harris uh, from St. Joseph, Missouri. She actually has a question about the makeup of the show. Um, her question is... I don't wear that much makeup, do I? I was about to say, you're the only one that wears <laughs> no, really, the makeup. Really, I've, uh, <laughs> I've eased up on the base. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little line, yeah, eyeliner and lip gloss. Mm-hmm. Her question is, does Pete pick your rapid fires, restaurants to review, and so on? Or is it something that you, we all do on our own? Or something that we just find interesting. Boy, they think I control everything. Yeah. <laughs> All knowing Pete. Yeah. And <laughs> little do they know. Pete puts on our makeup. <laughs> <laughs> we we actually uh pick our own. Sometimes we come in, we'll have the same one, but John usually comes in with extras if we all have duplicates. Yeah, everybody knows what we're gonna usually what we're gonna do each week and uh they they come in pretty much prepared. I, I give everybody a lot of latitude in terms of what they're going to cover on the show i I'll, I'll you know with some things i'll say all right not this week we'll do that one next week or we'll record things and i'll say that nah, doesn't fit with this week's show so i save it and i insert it into another week's show but yeah I mean, everybody picks their own stuff yeah, even as far as our own segments i mean you're like okay i want you to do a segment come up with something we're like okay yeah. <laughs> the other <laughs> thing fun. is it's kind of interesting is that that's what that's what fuels the conversation we don't always know what the other person right. is going to talk about and so we, i love that right so you get here and the conversation is kind of fresh that's why it sounds fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why a good reason. I got lost in the John middle of my set, sentence. John set me up that uh, last week or the with week the before. With the, the parking rapid fire. <laughs> I never saw it coming until he actually mentioned it. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> and Kristen also asked, she's not familiar with how podcasts are actually made. She says, I know you guys have a microphone hooked up to a computer, but it's just one mic in the middle of the table. Or do you have headsets on or something? She just thinks this is something interesting that our listeners would like to know. We actually all have a microphone in front of us. We all have headsets, and we all have like a little thing in front of us where we keep our papers. Yeah, we actually run um, we run six microphones into a um, uh, something called a fire pod, 
uh, which allows you to hook up. I think I can hook up to eight microphones into this. And then that hooks into the computer. And uh, we use uh, Adobe Audition uh, as the software to record and to edit the show. And, uh, yeah, so. I guess since we've never posted a photo of the room, yeah, we, we have details. We haven't done that. At some point, we'll have to. <laughs> we also We're, have other cool stuff. We'll post a, I'm sorry. We'll post a photo of the room after we paint it. I, it's got to be painted. <laughs> I can do a mural. I've been wanting to do that for a well, long time. Well, the room has to be painted, so <laughs> think about what you want to do. We have other cool stuff in here, too. We have the thing hooked up for if you, when people call in so that we can play the phone calls. Which we never use because it frightens me to use it. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks impressive over it there. It does. It's, it's very Larry it's King. Mo- or you remember uh, Monty Python, uh, uh, The Meaning of Life, The Machine That Goes Bing? <laughs> the Machine That Goes Bing. <laughs> what do you think the, the measurements of this room are? 10 by 10? No, oh, if that. It's a tiny room. And we all sit room. here every week and do it. This room, this room was storage uh, in my house. Um, I have four bedrooms in the house, and uh, not a lot of storage because we can. When, we, when I bought the house, we converted my garage into an office for me, and uh, so I cleared out this room. And this was a boys, a young boys' room before this. It's got <laughs> blue, blue shag carpet. It's got uh, uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, uh, light uh, switch pad. light switch plate. Oh. Um, so. And then a wall of interest. a wall of stuff. Every time we do something or go somewhere, we we have. Well, this room has this massive cork board in it. It, it, it takes up one wall. This was here when I bought the house, and so we just like every time we do something, we it holds our Disney flair. Yeah, now. all our stuff is Disney on this flair. <laughs> <laughs> like we work at Benigan's. We're in the movie office. Yeah, well, I love that. <laughs> oh man. So. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Way more information than Don't she you wanted. Either. Yeah, far Shut more up. than you wanted. Shut up! Don't tell me anymore. Shut up! All right, thank you, Corey. Julie, mine's from Heather in Traverse City, Michigan. Uh, my family and I are traveling to Walt Disney World December twenty fourth through January fourth. I know to expect huge crowds, so I've been very meticulous in my planning. I know that at Christmas time the main attractions could have wait times of two hours or more, but what about the Fast Pass line? We plan on maximizing our Fast Pass opportunities, and I'm wondering how long we can expect to wait for the big attractions in the Fast Pass lines. 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 50 minutes. Thanks in advance and keep up the great work. As far as my experience with Fast Pass, I've never waited more than 20 minutes, not even at Christmas time. So I would not expect 50 minute waits in a Fast Pass line. Fifteen minutes for a fast pass? Yes, yeah. I have. Oh, absolutely. No, in now. the fast pass line. Once you get your fast pass, then you go. Like in. when you go oh, to a. Oh, I the question. Oh, just to get the yeah. fast pass. Actually, to a ride the attraction. I, I apologize. I thought you were waiting twenty minutes to get the oh, fast no, pass. No, no. I was like, go home. <laughs> <laughs> just go home. The other thing Disney does, they're very good at overestimating those weights. So when you mm-hmm. look at the boards and it says, "Oh, there's a forty-minute wait," or even a fifteen or twenty-minute wait for a fast pass, you, you can pretty much be ensured you'll get on before then. So don't oh, let definitely. that intimidate you. No. The other thing they do is they put they, the wait time is usually from the sign. So if you get in line and you pass the sign, it's going to be less time than you than it was posted. It's kind of like um, Soren. You know, the wait time is from the line at Soren, but before you actually hit a line, you've already walked a mile. Yeah, you're and an half. MGM at that point, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. But I, I wouldn't expect to wait 50 minutes in a fast pass line. Yeah. 50, right? Uh, 50 yeah. minutes? 50. No way. No way. And again, you won't wait more than a couple of minutes unless, to get your actual fast unless pass. Right. Unless the ride broke down in the middle there. That yeah, unless the there's some thing. sort of problem, right? You know, the other thing is if, if you're going to have a fast pass for 1 o'clock in the afternoon and you show up right at 1 o'clock and everybody shows up at 1 o'clock, you might want to hang back and go, like, you have 1 to 2, 
go after one thirty, and uh, you might not have as many people in the line there too. That That's might good help advice. you. Out. Something we've mentioned before, and people seem to have a little trouble with, is that your fast pass is good any time after that time. So if it says you can come between one and one fifteen or one and one thirty, you can still show up at two or three o'clock and use that same fast pass. So don't be intimidated by that either. Oh, I've lost my fast pass time. The other one, one of the things that people always ask me about is you're only allowed to hold one fast pass at a time. You, if you get a fast pass for Soren, and your window is from one o'clock until one thirty, you cannot get another fast pass until one thirty. Right. You can't run around the park and collect fast passes well, actually, for the rest of the uh, day. No, on your fast passes, it'll tell you the next time you're eligible. Yeah, and it, it will. It, it is before. It's usually before the, the the close of the window for your ride. So if your ride, if your time to ride is between let's say one and two. Um, on certain attractions yeah. at certain times, your fast pass will say you can get your next fast pass at, let's say, 145. I have to tell you, I'm really bad at this fast pass thing. It, well, they keep changing it. It, well, it used to be that you could only hold one at a time, and then now they've started experimenting with letting people have, you know, getting another one before they use their, their, their first one. And I think this is one of the reasons why you're seeing the fast pass lines to actually get on the attraction are starting to get longer. And uh, so, I mean, that's, I think, why the lines are starting to get a little ridiculous. You know, I think a 15, 15 minutes, to wait 15 minutes on a fast pass line is stupid. It's kind of defeating the point. Right. And it's only going to get longer and longer, um, especially if they keep, you know, changing, messing around with the, with the windows of when you can, when you can do it. So, I just don't yeah. ever use a fast pass. If I have to wait that long, I, tell, I figure I'll go the next time. I have an unusual circumstance. I live 15 minutes from the yeah, park. Right. So I don't, you know, waiting in more than five or ten minutes to get on anything is just not something I ever do. Exactly. All right. Thank you, Julie. And Bob, you have one for us? Yeah, I have one from Amanda from Fountain in South Carolina. Hello, Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> uh, she says she loves the show, and the first thing she does on Tuesdays, uh, along with her coffee, is listen to us. And unfortunately, she laughed so hard last week that she now has a new monitor. So evidently, the coffee (laughs) and the monitor were uh, put together a little bit too much. So she has a question for us about uh, Christmas parade taping at the Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And she wants to know, uh, I want to book a trip for this time of year, but I really want to be able to avoid this parade if possible. If by chance... You I want to avoid the Christmas parade? Yeah. The taping of the Christmas parade. Oh, the taping, taping of the Christmas parade. I'm sorry. Uh, if by chance I cannot avoid the parade, is crowd levels affected by this event? I have three small children, so this would make a world of difference on keeping my nerves intact. Uh, what about the other parks? Is there any effects on those as well? So, uh, first off, usually they tape it on the first week of December. Somewhere in that first week is what traditionally has happened. That gives them enough time to edit it by Christmas time. And uh, if you don't want to be in the taping, you can. They set up uh, walkways that you can uh, get to the rest of the park and avoid the parade. Because what happens on the parade is they get it. They do it till they get it right and they may back the parade back up again to get the shots that they're looking for and people will stand there for hours so if you if you're a person that has intentions of wanting to be in this parade you could be there from 6 a.m in the morning till 
2 or 3 in the afternoon sometimes. The, they start taping very early. To get into the taping, there's a website that Disney puts up every year. I don't know what it is this year, but it'll be, I'm sure if you go to any Disney website, they'll point you in that direction. You have, it's a lottery to get tickets to the taping. Yeah. And they tell you that they want you to wear holiday festive gear. However, the weather at the beginning of December can still be 85 years old. So if you're thinking of wearing that pattern. 85 years old? The weather is 85 years old? Yes, the weather is 85 years old. 85 (laughs) degrees. So if you're wearing that that holiday sweatshirt, be prepared. The other thing is you have to stay for the duration of the taping. And that can go as far as 2 or 3 in the afternoon. If you take get one of these tickets, they ask you to stay for the entire time. And as Bob said, it's very frequent that they back the parade up. Yeah, and they do certain sections, and then they'll bring it down. It, it may not be in the order that they actually do the parade. And, you know, if, if your child doesn't like standing in one place for six to six hours or so, it's not the thing to do. But they do funnel people around it. Uh, I think they have a, a path in the back lot area that they'll open up so they can funnel the people past they make it look seamless when it's on television, but those performances that they edit into the parade are not all done uh, at the same time. They're not all on parade taping day. They're done throughout the month of December, and then they edit it all together. So it's right. not like one of those events where you're going to come and see all that happen at one time. It's really a live taping. and You're going to be a part of all the technical right. part of it. Yeah. First part of December, you know, between uh, the first and the like the 20th, 24th, that's a good time to come to Disney. You, you can see all the different lights and stuff. So uh, the other parks shouldn't be a, a problem. Uh, and The rest of the Magic Kingdom won't even be affected by the right. parade taping. As a matter of fact, you'll probably find lower crowd levels because the, the parade does get crowded. Yeah. But once you get past it, Main Street's going to be a gauntlet. Yeah. Once you get past the gauntlet, the park will be open up. You won't find extra long lines because of the parade. Right. So that's it, Amanda. All right. Thank you, Bob. Thank you for the question, Amanda. Uh, I have one from uh, Denise Trewicki in Olathe, Kansas. And she was very nice to uh, phonetically spell both her last name <laughs> and her uh She probably thought Bob would read it. That was for yeah, me. Yeah, well, that was probably for you, although I had to take a moment there and make sure I was reading it right. Uh, she writes, hi, Pete. John, Kevin, Major Bob, Corey Horry, and Julie. I've been a listener since June 07 and, you, and have really enjoyed your style of podcasting. It's great to hear so many different opinions and views about the world. You really go the extra mile to provide accurate information to your listeners. Thanks. We appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, here are my two questions. One, since I love hearing your differing opinions about all things Disney, can each person at the roundtable express what they would like to see Disney do in the future? Whether it's a new attraction, change in policies rehabs to resorts, whatever. What's the next improvement you think Disney, Disney should make? And number two, also, how many emails do you receive each week? There has to, has to be tons. Just wondered what your volume is. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time in reading this. And so, well, I, I'll tell you what. For your first question, um, well, you know what? Let me answer the email part first, and then we'll uh, go around the table. But as far as uh, how many emails we get, it varies every week. It depends on whether I... I'm pushing it a lot throughout the show if I'm mentioning the email address a few times or the uh, toll-free voicemail number. Um, but, I mean, it's not unusual for us to get over 100 emails, 100, 200 emails a week. Yeah. Um, At least, and yeah. It, but it's, it, we've gotten more than that. We've gotten less than that. But I would say that's a pretty good average. Mm-hmm. 
As far as what I'd like to see Disney do, really and truly, I'd like to see them uh, improve the training, uh, bring back traditions for their cast members, and uh, really start making uh, working as a frontline cast member at Walt Disney World a more enjoyable and rewarding experience for those cast members. I think that would uh, that would go a long way. Uh, that would go a long way in in improving the quality of service that I think Disney was once known for. And now there are other companies out there that do it as well as Disney. And if Disney wants to keep its place, it's going to need to uh, start reinventing it. I heard that they were doing a. I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but they were doing um, they're doing customer service training at Miami International Airport. And I, just, I looked at that and I'm like, so one person had posted on the blog. Uh, now that's great uh, that they're doing that, but now if they could just train their own managers on how to give proper customer service, that would be fantastic. Well, so. Miami's actually, not to go on a tangent, but Miami's actually paying for the course that Disney gives. Right. So it's kind of, like you said, it's it's ridiculous. Here you are, you have people coming to you to learn this, to pay you money for it. Apply it in your own backyard. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So if I if I had to say one thing I'd like to see Disney do, that would be it. Who else has something they would like to... Uh, I do. Corey? I'd like to see Disney have a pet-friendly resort. Yeah. I think we'd spend a lot more time on property if we didn't have the dogs at home to worry about. Yeah. But. Good point. Because the Universal re- Universal hotels are all pet-friendly. Yeah. I'd like to piggyback on top of yours, Pete. I'd like to see them train people so that if you called three times in a row, you got the same answer three times in a row. Wow. Now you're asking for the world. <laughs> I, I would like there to be sort of a central intelligence at Disney that if you don't know the answer, you can fa- call up and find out a definitive answer. You can call Disney ten times in a row and get ten different cast members and get ten different answers. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. And I think that's disheartening to guests and people looking for information. I, I think that would be a huge step in the right direction. And it's not like it's impossible to do. There are already segments of the Disney company, or already segments in the travel aspect of the Disney company that do this well. Disney Cruise Line is a good example. I think their floor agents are probably the best Disney has working for them. And the information scene, I'm not saying there's not a couple that don't have their issues, but generally speaking, it's a very, very well-run call center. Now, I realize Walt Disney World is a lot bigger, and their call center is a lot bigger, but... I'm sorry. I think Disney could have done something by now to improve it. So I agree with you. Well, we hear all the time, a bus driver told me that they're building a villain's park. A bus driver told me that I can't do this. The guy on the boat told me this or this. And what's happening is a great deal of misinformation. A great deal of urban legend is created. Mm -hmm. And... A lot of that. A lot of times, people are disappointed when they find out that that's really not true. Well, that's because it's cast members telling cast members, right? Rather than having a formal training or uh, a repository of information. When I was working there, and I was working in IT, um, Disney cast members have access to uh, their own internal website where they can go and look up stuff and check out their schedules and stuff. The whole idea we were talking about in IT was, well, let's make this searchable database where people can go and look up information and get the right answers. I don't know if that ever came about. I left before that happened, but that seems to make sense. I, I just I think it's disheartening when you keep getting misinformation. I agree. I agree. Bob? I have one. Uh, I, if I had to make a change at Disney, I would change where the ticket and transportation center is. Uh, I'd, I'd move the transportation center over somewhere near Epcot because that way there it's in a more centralized location to, for the buses to make shorter routes. 
uh, and save some money on on fuel costs. But I'd move the transportation center from where it is now, and I'd move it over in the area or somewhere near uh, Epcot. Cool. I have two because one's kind of frivolous. I want Mr. Toad's Wild Ride back. Uh, And (laughs) (laughs) I think they should pick a country that's an island and put it out in the middle of, what's the name of the lagoon at the World Showcase? The World Showcase Lagoon. World Showcase Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> they should put it out there in the middle like of Gilligan's Island. Yeah, like middle. Australia, or I'm, I was trying to rack my brain and think of other places, but um, Greenland, gr- Greenland, or Iceland, or something like that. I think that would be way cool. You can yeah. get to it by boat. Right. Cool. <laughs> John, what about you? Uh, I was going to say the whole cast member thing, but since you already took that, uh-huh. I think we have, I think we have enough resorts. I think with uh, Caribbean Beach Villa, not Caribbean Beach, uh, Contemporary Resort Villas, quote-unquote. We don't know they're going to be Vacation Club yet, but that's the rumor. And all these other resorts that they're building. Let's have that fifth gate. Let's finally build that fifth theme park. There's enough infrastructure now in place Yeah. where they used to say, we can't have another theme park because there's not enough hotel rooms and there's not enough infrastructure. All that's in place now. Come on, let's build that 15 park. Uh, since you mentioned the contemporary, I'll also throw in that I think they should take a wrecking ball to the contemporary. <laughs> um, but um, well, they did to part of it. They yeah. took down well, the wrong part, the north um, wing. Oh, but uh, all right, Denise. I hope that uh, answers your question. We appreciate you uh, sending in your email. And uh, John, what do you have? I have one from Martin Blanco, and Martin is in uh, Newton, Connecticut. Martin says a whole bunch of really nice stuff about us and and how much he enjoys us, which is always great. We love to hear that. Um, One of the things he writes is, I love the rapport uh, among the group members, and it's inspired me to develop my own podcast about being a stay-at-home parent. I thought that was pretty cool. That is. We inspire people. Wow. His question is, why does the tap water in Walt Disney World smell peculiar? (laughs) Why does it smell like Pirates of the Caribbean? (laughs) I was just going to say that. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's an odd sulfurous smell that my family and I have only experienced in Disney World. In a way, it's comforting in that we can always count on it every time we come there. <laughs> wow, it's the first time water. I've heard that. We're going to have our sulfur bath. <laughs> that's a really Disney spin. But, yeah. it, but you mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean water. When we first came here, that was our running joke. We, f- we made Actually, it to Disney. No, it, you, you drove me home from the airport. I just flown down here. This was like the, la- the last time we were leaving Jersey. Moving to Florida for the first time. We get to the apartment we had rented, and the first thing John does, he walks into the kitchen, he pours a glass of water, comes up to me, goes, smell this. And I'm looking at him, and I smell the water. He's like, what does it smell like? I'm like, it smells like Pirates of the Caribbean. He's like, doesn't it? <laughs> no, the, um, it tastes like that because they filter it through the carpet from the monorail. <laughs> <laughs> and the monorail always smells like Band-Aids. <laughs> no. Really? You've it never, does have a weird smell. You've never noticed the monorail smell? Well, it has a monorail smell, but it, I it never thought like of band-aids. it as Band-Aids. Sorry. Oh Back to the water. <laughs> I don't know why it smells like that. Walt Disney World has their own infrastructure. They have their own electrical plant, and they have their own water treatment plant. I can only imagine it's... To no water in Orlando sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's so. terrible. I mean, the quality of tap water in Orlando is is awful. So I can only imagine that there has to be some amount of chlorine in it to mm-hmm. to kill bacteria and things like that. Well, that's it. I mean, half the time drinking a, a glass of tap water here is like drinking out of your pool. Yeah, I have a house filter on my house. Just we live so. in St. Cloud, and we actually get notices in the mail that the water level, the water quality in St. Cloud is unacceptable. Mm. We actually got a, a notice not too long ago that they suggested we not even shower in it. 
Oh my oh gosh. My. Uh, so, so what do you guys do? Like hold a one gallon <laughs> jug over each other's head? We, we, we're more Zephyr Hills. <laughs> <laughs> we still shower in it, but the dogs, our dogs, drink bottled water. Oh my! I'll only I'll Ma- Maxwell only drinks uh, filtered water. <laughs> I will not I will not serve the cat or the dog. Uh, I won't. My coffee, nothing can have that yeah. water. Oh no! It's always got to be filtered. We drink filtered. We use filtered water for our coffee as well. And if it's not filtered, if somebody makes a pot of coffee and it's not, I can tell instantly the first sip. Because it's had pirate feet in it. (laughs) 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 So it's not just Walt Disney World, Martin. It's everywhere in Florida. Everywhere in Orlando, at least. Thank you for your email. And thank you, John. Kevin. All right. uh, I have to put my reading glasses back on. My next email is from Beth in uh, North Muskegon, Michigan. (laughs) Sorry, I got stuck again. I can't thank you enough for the podcast again. She says nice stuff about us. I have some friends who are planning a trip to Walt Disney World next year. They aren't really Disney people. Their favorite vacations are places where you can't buy a t-shirt. That made me laugh. (laughs) However, they want to try it and were encouraged by friends and family to do so. My friends asked me specifically why I love Disney so much. Where I got the passion I have for Disney World. I guess I'd never thought about why I always loved it. I tried to explain it's more than the rides, the characters, etc. But thought perhaps you could all provide a better answer than I could alone. My question for all of you is, why do you love Walt Disney World, or Disney generally, so much? Where did this passion for Disney come from, and why has it remained strong? I thought this was a really good question. Wow, good question. And I feel like I'm in school again. Really? <laughs> I know. I'm so nervous about my answer. Julie, for me, we need a 300-word essay. <laughs> I, I've told this story before. I came here at 11 and years every old. every other word needs to be sponge. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to fit Thomas Kincaid in there. Oh, no. Sponge. I've told this story before. I came here when I was 11 years old, and it was, it was a little bit of freedom for us. My mom trusted Disney World, and we stayed at the Contemporary Hotel in 1971. And my brother and I were allowed to go to the Magic Kingdom on our own. And at 11 years old in 1971, I wasn't pretty much allowed to go anyplace but my neighborhood by myself. So I found that to be very liberating. It's also, in my opinion, it's an escape from the reality of the rest of the world. It's not, for me now, it's no longer about getting on a certain attraction or doing a certain thing. It's the immersion in the entire atmosphere that I love. I can go to the Magic Kingdom and just sit and watch other people enjoy it, and I still get as much enjoyment out of it. I approach it differently these days. I don't go for I don't go commando anymore. I don't get there at eight o'clock in the morning and leave at midnight. I do it in smaller doses, but the magic never died. So that's my answer. Ah, cool. Who else? I have Bob. Being at Disney World, you can. It's a forty-seven square mile. I'm sorry. Do you ever, have you ever noticed the yeah. Bob's lips start moving like about five seconds before <laughs> any any uh, any words that's come out, any sound comes out? It's like watching like a, a, a poorly dubbed Japanese movie. That's because, <laughs> that's because Julie's a ventriloquist. <laughs> it's very Edgar Bergen. <laughs> it is. No, I'm rather that Police Academy character. You know, is what I'm talking about. Yeah. The yeah. one that beeps and whistles. Like, okay, <laughs> if you can see my yeah. face. Well, that translates good on the radio. Yeah, right. <laughs> sorry, Bob. Go ahead. It's 47 square miles, and I can pretty much almost go anywhere in the world in just this that square footage, you know. And I can go to, I can go to Germany, I can go to Italy, you know. And you can always do different things. I can go to over to MGM Studios and sit there and watch the street performers, which I love to do. 
and uh, a lot of people just don't do that. And th- that's the thing I-, I love about being able to go to Disney. And you know, after working hot all day, you know, we can go there in twenty minutes, and I just I love that. Yeah, I um, I mean, for me, it was definitely a. Um it was an escape from reality. That's what attracted me to it. I didn't come to Disney for my first time until I was about 25. And um, as a kid, always wanted to go and never could. And the first time I walked in Epcot, it was just, it was lar- everything was larger than life. Everything was clean. Everything, this was beautiful. And I was just hooked. It was like anything else when, you know, anything that ever has ever taken me out of reality, I've gotten hooked on. So I guess there are worse things to be addicted to than Disney World. But I mean, that was what it was in the beginning. That's kind of what fueled me moving down here and starting the site and all that good stuff but now it's it's I, I i appreciate it from a very different standpoint i really appreciate the creativity that goes into it i appreciate the business end of it a lot more than i used to over the years there have been things i've come to admire more about disney over the years there are some things i've come to admire less about them but uh i would say now it's uh i i appreciate them on a much different level than i did 10 years ago when i started the site so who else well you know, I was actually, I can thank my parents because they brainwashed me Disney ever since I was an embryo. I mean, they would bring <laughs> us here and bring us here. And it, it became something that um, it was just a part of our life. I mean, all my birthday cakes before the age of five, I mean, I had, had a Donald Duck cake. You know, I had a Mickey Mouse cake. I mean, I was just brainwashed Disney. And it got to the point where I knew, I'm like, okay, I want to go work for Disney. It started off wanting to become a lifeguard at River Country. Um, oh, and by the way, I think they should bring River Country back. <laughs> Why? So the amoebas that are eating the brains of seven-year-olds can lawsuit world? Yeah, really. No, I think it was that. It was the. Um, it was the. It was the escape, and it was the. Uh, it was Walt Disney. You know, it's just the respect for him. I think every time I watch the video at One Man's Dream, I'm like, that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, that can bring tears to your eyes. It really yeah. can. Yeah. One Man's Dream. That's that's a place everybody should try to get and walk through. I, I think it's you know gets lost sometimes. I want to say I think Corey's passion for Disney is what led me to be passionate about Disney. It's infectious. Yeah. I mean, being married to someone who's always wanting to either live or work here, you know, kind of puts you into the situation where you become, you start loving it as well. I mean, I've only ever been one time before he brought me when I was 20, and that was 20 years, like what, 15 years before. I was only five when I came for the first time. And I think Figment is the one who actually always was in my heart and in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I fell in love with him and the man in the re- the big hat with the red hair and the red beard, that you know. Dream finder. Yeah. I mean, he that, I, I bought every little figment thing I could have. The hat, the figurine, yep. I mean, the stuffed animal. So, for me, definitely that. Figment was the first character in Epcot. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. For me, I think it was the the initial um the the awe of it. This is great and it was fantasy and took you away from real life. But what I think I've come to appreciate now is I like knowing how things work. I want to know how stuff is put together. Yeah. I'm not good with magicians. I want to know how they did it. So when it comes to Disney, I can really appreciate all the things that go into making it what it is. All the detail, mm-hmm. all the thought and the processes that they go into actually building the attractions and building the parks and even the resorts and the training of the cast members. All that stuff is just so fascinating to me. So. I think that's what keeps me going, too. There's also the feeling of safety. I've said this before. The Disney name sort of engenders safety. And it's almost like you're being 
coddled when you walk in. And I'm not talking about this level of service. I'm just talking that there's a general feeling as you walk through any Disney park that you're in a safe environment. Yeah. And I think that's very appealing to people. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Corey Horry. I was one? hoping that wouldn't stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's yours. It's yours now. Oh, man. Corey Horry Martin. I have, a, have one from Liz from Crofton, Maryland. Hi, guys. Love listening to the show. After quite a few visits to the world, you've given us some ideas on new things to explore and enjoy on our trip. My question today is regarding ride refurbishment schedules. We just found out that Splash Mountain is scheduled to be down for the month of January while we are there. Historically, does Disney pretty much hold firmly to these dates? I totally understand they need to take these rides down for updates, cleaning, safety, inspections, but I'd love to know if Disney occasionally opens rides back up early. We're scheduled to return home January 27th. Thanks for all you do. Um, I wouldn't get your hopes up. They, these, these rehab schedules, they, they can change. They, they, can, they, can go, they can go on longer. They can open it back up. A lot of times they do soft openings right. before they really make that, that full announcement that Splash Mountain is open. You, you may, you may go, th- go there that day and find it open, but... You know, it'll still say closed as far as the uh, the maps go or whatever. That's what happened to Haunted Mansion. Right. It was supposed to open on the 14th. They opened on the 13th. But I wouldn't get your hopes up, yeah. though. You know, if, if it's open, it's considered a plus. And don't plan your vacation around that. Don't let that ruin your vacation. Right. There's 8 million other things to do. Right. Yeah, go on uh, Thunder Mountain and take a glass of water with you. Yeah. That would be the same effect I as Splash Mountain. I can't understand her disappointment, though. I mean, you know, you can't really help the oh, rehab yeah. schedule, yeah. but, I mean, it's one of my favorite rides. I'd be disappointed if it were my only trip this year and I couldn't go on it, but, you know. All right. Thanks, Liz. Thank you, Corey. This is Martin. Mine's from Eric Gibson. He's from Thompson Station, Tennessee. He says, I just booked a Disney cruise for next June. My parents will be celebrating their 40th anniversary while on the ship. Our party consists of my parents, my wife and I, and our three young children, eight, seven, and five. Do you have any ideas on how to celebrate this on board? Well, yes, I do. (laughs) Since I've just been on a cruise, we actually were seated with um, a lady and her daughter, and it was her daughter's birthday on our last night of the cruise. So they brought out her birthday cake, and they had, like, chocolate-covered strawberries and, like, all this cool stuff. So I was actually going to give you two suggestions if you want to celebrate the anniversary with the whole family you know you can do that just whatever night the anniversary is i would give them a celebration on their own at paolo make a reservation just for the two of them in advance let them know it's their 40th anniversary and they'll treat them like kings and queens and then maybe on a different day that's not the actual anniversary date you know have the whole dinner with the family in your normal dining rotation mm-hmm. and just mention it as well again to your server and, or to your, the manager of the restaurant and they'll make sure they have a really special night and those were my two suggestions as far as dining um, I couldn't think of any other like I don't think they have events as far as well you can go through Disney weddings and do a vow renewal mm-hmm. yeah that's true I mean that would be much more upscale yeah, yeah they can be very they can, th- these can be very elaborate and if you want also yeah. very expensive too right. yeah and I kind of figured they probably wanted something that you know just maybe a dinner or something like that since they have three young children right take your formal photos too yeah do the whole family maybe do some with just grandma and grandpa with the kids and stuff it, you can make it special there are plenty of ideas and look at your navigator and see what's going on too make sure people know yeah tell, tell everybody you know it's their anniversary go and to guest services tell them it's their anniversary i wasn't sure do they do pins on the ship you know how they give pins out at you the mean, parks you mean the actual like button? the happy anniversary pin mm-hmm. and all that 
you can get an anniversary button. Yeah, I, th- I thought you ship. could. Sure. So, if you're working with a travel agent, let your travel agent also know that you're celebrating a, an anniversary. Yeah. So get the button. Then everyone says happy anniversary. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you very much, Julie. All right, and we're going to move on to our next email. Bob, you have one? Yeah, I have one from Melvin from Virginia Beach, Virginia. And he's a loyal listener, and he says all kinds of good stuff about us. He he wants to know, uh, we will be at Disney World from October 26th through November 3rd, and we're planning on going to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. When do you think would be the best night to go? Should we spend the extra money to go on Halloween night, or should we try going at an earlier date? Uh, my wife... Nidia and I will be spending our sixth wedding anniversary, or should I say anniversary, at Disney on October 27th. Do you have any on-property dining suggestions that you do not require advanced reservations? It will be just the two of us. Uh, Melvin, uh, I can help you out on that decision. Uh, Halloween night is already sold out. Already sold out, yep. So I'm surprised it didn't sell out sooner than this. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. surprised it took this long. So my suggestion is I would go either the 26th or November 2nd, I, I, leaning more towards November 2nd. Uh, you'll probably – it won't be as busy on that November 2nd date. Uh, and just do it as a, you know, a hot-ticket event. Don't go to a theme park beforehand that day. Just – Take it easy because you're going to be in the park. You can get in the park at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, stay till midnight. And um, so that, on that part, for your six-year uh, wedding anniversary, I've been uh, thinking about that. And I came up with Mangino's over at Shades of Green is a nice place to, to go for a nice uh, quiet meal. Uh, they do... They cook the food out in front so you can see what it's cooking. And it's like an Italian cuisine, uh, a Tuscan cuisine. And I I really like that place. Uh, Diana and I have gone over there several times and had a good meal. I have a question. Did he ask for a, a place that you that did not require reservations? Yeah. Advanced reservations. Advanced oh, reservations. Okay. If he's going to go to Shades of Green, he has to have advanced reservations. Yep. I was thinking that, too. Oh, okay. I'm just going to let him walk in, and they won't let him pass the gate. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, I've I've gone in for the... Uh, is this the, uh, Melvin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Melvin, make a reservation. Yeah, just make a reservation over there. Yeah, you don't have to make them 180 days out. You can, right. you know, you can call up Call whenever. Disney Dining and talk to the people there. We've reviewed a bunch of restaurants. That would be great. If you're Narcoosies. Yeah. Narcoosies. I had friends who just celebrated their anniversary there last week and had a wonderful time. So, And again, that's that whole tell people... Tell, tell the story, Julie, about your friends. Oh, well, um, they walked into the restaurant. They did have a reservation on October 2nd, and the hostess wasn't as friendly. Um, they just She just kind of said, hold on, I'll get you a table. Well, a server came up, a gentleman, and said, oh, it's your anniversary. Let me take you to the table by the window, and you can see the fireworks and blah, blah, blah. They gave them a free bottle of champagne. Wow. They told them it was their anniversary. So they had an excellent time. Mm-hmm. I mean, she couldn't drink. She's eight months pregnant, but he had an excellent time. <laughs> <laughs> so don't be afraid tell people yeah. you know we get, don't guarantee everybody will have that same experience no, we don't but right. at the same time i mean there's a chance yeah. if they but don't know they can't help you that's they right can't california you. grill during the fireworks mm-hmm. a late dinner at california grill so you could see uh wishes yeah, or yeah. hollow wishes that would be another nice thing if you're going to be here at halloween time mm. i would but i would definitely i would not try and wing it otherwise you're going to be eating 
at the Columbia Harbor House. <laughs> yeah. So there you exactly. go, Melvin. All right, Melvin. There. Hope that answers your question. Thank you, Bob. All right, before we close the show this week, uh, before I've got a couple more I'm just going to read real quick. But uh, before we close the show, I want to remind everybody, if you'd like to uh, have your questions or comments read on the show, all you need to do is send us an email, podcast at www.info.com, or you can call us toll-free and leave us a voicemail at one 310 And uh, next week we will be doing some, uh, some more voicemails with our uh, email show, so go ahead and give us a phone call. Uh, and in closing the show, uh, I picked uh, two emails that we received recently from two listeners. One of them is a friend of mine, also is a, uh, an agent with Dreams Unlimited Travel. And uh, both of these emails were, uh, were very moving. Um, and, you know, we get caught up in the minutia of Disney and all the changes. And some of us get caught up in the politics on our discussion boards and who said what and there's always some kind of nonsense going around somewhere in everybody's lives. So getting e- emails like this really makes my day uh, to know that the site really has an impact on people beyond just helping them plan a trip. Uh, David Parfit in Rochester, New York, wrote that uh, he's a runner and is training for his second marathon at the end of this month. His first was Disney, of course, in January of 07. And he just started listening to the podcast recently, and he's been listening to it on some of his longer runs, and it really helps to pass the time. He writes, you probably get this a lot, but I wanted to share some personal history. This has been a particularly trying fall for me. In September, my mother passed away after a long bout with dementia and Alzheimer's. Your podcast helped get me out the door and take my mind off things for a little while. Last week, I was called into my supervisor's office to be told that funding may run out for my position, and I fell into a mini depression and could not get off the couch the rest of the week. Saturday, my marathon training schedule called for my longest run, 20 miles. I was not looking forward to it, but I downloaded the podcast and headed out the door. Your descriptions of the Epcot 25th anniversary celebration, the Food and Wine Festival, and Julian Corey's trip on the Disney Wonder whisked me away from all the negative thoughts in my head. Your, your podcast took me to my happy place and helped me get through the last long run. Thank you so much for helping me get out the door, and thanks for the good job you do. Keep it up. All my best, Dave. I'm I glad we could help him out. Really yeah. nice. Yeah, so nice. I liked that email. And uh, Tracy Whipple, who is a Dreams agent and a friend of mine and, and well, many of ours here, and uh, she writes that uh, she was uh, talking about the show where we read the uh, uh, the thread from the board. The podcast is far-reaching, and she writes that it got her thinking about her situation. For me, it's the Diz in general that's far-reaching. Uh, when we ha- when we had the anniversary show, uh, she thought about the number of people she has met from all over the world through the Diz. But this summer, her mom had been diagnosed with a terminal illness. She let her friends on the Diz know about it, and the outpouring of support that she received from everyone was amazing. She writes, I received PMs, emails, cards and letters, phone calls, and visits from all over the world. Uh, I posted that I needed help with my mom's last wish to see the Oprah show in person, and one Dizzer even started an email campaign to get her there. Unfortunately, mom had a short time with us and in just two months later passed away. Again, the incredible support that I received from so many people just touched my heart. If you would have told me five years ago when I took my first Disney cruise and found the Diz that my online friends would show me this much compassion and support during times like this, I would have thought you were crazy. I have made so many friends from all over the world that it is now difficult to plan a cruise because I want to go with all, with all of them again. Many of my Diz friends will be cruising with me on September 1st, 2008 on The Magic. I, will be, I owe a big thank you to the Diz and to Pete for starting this community. If not for you, I wouldn't be where I am today, and the last few months would have been even more of a struggle than they have been. 
And thanks to the whole podcast team for keeping me laughing every Tuesday. Keep up the good work. Folks, that makes me want to get out of bed in the morning, too. Me, too. Okay? So, yeah, believe me, it's uh, it, it means a lot to us to know that, because uh, like I've said it before, you know, I, I don't think anyone sitting at this table has any real comprehension that other people are really listening to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... There was well, a thread on the board where they talked about where people are from, and all of them were... Uh, it, there are people all over the world, but there was one that got me. A man told us that he was in Scotland, and he drives to London overnight every night, and he listens to us in the middle of the night, and I don't know why, but the man driving on a road in Scotland listening to us in the middle of the night, it Scares. kind of freaked me out. <laughs> <for now. laughs> Because he's driving on the wrong side of the road, first of all. (laughs) It's just that in the middle of the night, someone's listening to our voices. And that the way he put it, it just kind of freaked me out. It was like I walked around thinking, oh, my God, someone in Scotland's listening in the middle of the night. There's a a lot of studies out there now where people are trying to say that the Internet is, is causing isolationism, that they're worried about kids today, that they're not getting out, they're spending too much time online. I don't believe that's true. I think it brings people together. I think people find that common bond that they may not find in their communities, in their local communities. I I think that definitely does happen, and you definitely do have the community aspect. I can say from my standpoint, the last 10 years working on the Internet, it has definitely uh, affected my my sociability and my number of people I hang around with. I I can see definitely some isolation for me. But you go from quantity of going to work every day in dealing with people who you don't really like to quality. Now you've chosen these people to hang out with because they have similar True. interests and they're people you enjoy. So I'm quality. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought that was too funny. So I mean, even for me, like when I go around, I went around Epcot last week and there were four families that approached me and, and from all over the world. And it's like... This is the coolest thing in the it's, world. It's like, it's you know, I, I had... Uh, People from New Jersey, but I had the UK and I had uh, Scotland, and and it's just like it's totally amazing what kind of effect it is on you. I was reading that thread. There's people from South. Uh, there's a person from South, South Africa, Africa, and Israel, mm-hmm. and the UK, okay. and Germany. And I love I love that anybody who listens to our show. I think I'm you know I'm thrilled, but especially when I find out that there are people from you know all over the world. That, that like you said, it just kind of blows my mind. I mean, we we yeah. expect and hope that people within our country, you know, within the, the United States, listen to us. I'm not saying anything bad about Virginia, but I've driven through Virginia. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that's home almost. Even right. though I don't live there, it's home. If you're listening you from Georgia, it, yeah. it's home. Right. Listening to me in the middle of the night in Scotland talk about restaurant reviews just that's, kind of freaks me out. And not only just listening, but apparently we're able to, to touch some people and have them you know, affect their lives in a way. So the fact that they took time to write and tell us where they're from just thrills me. Yeah. I'm curious if we have any listeners in like Japan or China places like that so if well, you do listen to us well, send, us, have, send yeah. us an email <laughs> we have people in australia right? yeah do we have anybody in asia i know that's what i want to know i, I don't think we've received anything from anybody in asia yet. i don't think so either okay so we want uh, our friends in the uh, pacific rim if you're listening to <laughs> come say hello because <laughs> we may be coming to visit you <laughs> yeah really especially yeah, if the, when, the, when the cruise line goes to hong kong i'm coming out there so hi hector <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're going to end the show, and we hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. You guys have a great week.